Hello and welcome to another episode of the Powered by Positivity podcast with me, your host, Laura Murray, where we will talk all things fitness, health, mindset, nutrition and lifestyle. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by personal trainer and fitness coach Terry Mockler for this episode. Terry is a good peer of mine since meeting when we were doing our national qualification in strength and conditioning. And today we talked about endurance. Um, Terry is a big fan of fasting, intermittent fasting. So we talked a good deal about that. We also talked about red light therapy and Terry explained the benefits that this can have for overall health and well-being. Uh, breathing and breathing techniques and the benefits of different breathing exercises um, and biohacking in general, what biohacking is and how it can be utilized to improve your health and well-being. I do hope that you enjoy. And just before we jump right into this episode, I want to mention our sponsors, Fit Foods at Dublin Meat Company. I'm a massive fan of their healthy ready meals, protein pots, soups and weekly fit food bundles, all MSG free and macro friendly. Check out DublinMeatCompany.com to order click and collect from any of their six shops in Dublin and Drogheda, open seven days a week. You can also order for delivery straight to your door, available in Dublin seven days a week and nationwide now Tuesday to Friday. For 10% off your order, enter the code LAURAPYP at the checkout. Eat well, live well. This podcast is also sponsored by Aeromuscle.ie, your one-stop online shop for high-quality sports nutrition and supplements, including their range of high-quality CBD products. For 10% discount, use the code PYP10 at the checkout, supporting you for all of your health supplement and sports nutrition needs. And finally, this podcast is produced by Primal Productions and you can find their details in the show notes below. And we are recording. Terry Mockler, hello. Hello, Laura. How are how, you? How the hell are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic slightly nervous but fantastic nerves are good nerves are good it means you give a shit i always say if you don't if you don't have a little bit of nervousness then you don't really care that is very true like you're a pro with this i'm still i'm still very much winging it winging it thrown into the deep end and we're still still just trying to tread water here (laughs) i've still i've listened to the rest of the podcast and they seem kind they seem like a bit of a pro now at this stage you know Ah, terry now don't be massaging the (laughs) old ego now (laughs) that's how you just Um, will ask easy questions that's what i'm doing there yeah yeah go easy on him he's new here (laughs) um well listen how's lockdown going for you so far or dare i ask God, yeah, it's, um, I suppose the first one was interesting because it was like a complete reset. And then yeah. I was trying to do, as I have said before, Zoom classes online. Yeah. So I'm trying to just keep everything going. Like we can't, can't really teach too much. I was doing my fasting after Christmas. I'm yeah. still doing that. I'm doing a couple of people online. But ultimately, I kind of had to go back and do kind of full-time work. Yeah. And then wait and then just wait to get back in. So fingers crossed yeah. that we're going to get back in and get back oh, to normal. So fingers crossed sooner rather than later is right. Um yeah. for anybody listening, I met Ter- Mr. Terence Mockler here on we were doing our national qualification in strength and conditioning in Boyneside Strength, uh, run by the NTC back in yeah. what was that, 2018, was it? It was it eighteen. It could have been, yeah. Yeah, I think it was eighteen, and it was freezing it cold. Was, yeah, That's all it I can was remember. the coldest two weekends of ever in Ireland. And you had this massive the so- jacket on you. Do you remember <laughs> that jacket? Yeah, it was like it was gas. 
I, I we were like there on the side, yeah, on the side of the Boyne fucking river in freezing, like sub-zero temperatures. And I think wow. it was, wasn't it February and then April? Uh, but it was just so ridiculously cold. And we were there learning how to um, Olympic lift and, you know, clean and jerk and barbell snatch. And there's me in seven jumpers with no feeling yeah. in my hands and toes and in a jacket, a big, like you said, a big Eskimo jacket trying to do Olympic lifting. Oh, it was just the maddest couple of weekends but uh, and I don't I don't know do you remember actually the water was actually dripping through the roof at one stage yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. lashing rain and it when was it like, wasn't I, ice yeah when it wasn't ice yeah it was like dripping I was kind of going can I get any colder in here I and know. Any, anyone that knows me when you say like Olympic lifts they'd be all laughing and going you're having a laugh him <laughs> do an Olympic lift that was my first ever memory of you Terry being like do you, do you actually do a bit of weightlifting or like I just like cycle I know <laughs> I, yeah you see this is the thing so when I was in NTC, when I started there to do, like I wanted to kind of do spin classes, but I said, yeah. I might as well have the personal training before. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to do. But then I, I got working in this gym and the the guy said to me, look, there was a course called, and I just thought, now I think it's very important. Back then I didn't, it was just all cardio. It was all endurance yeah. running, endurance cycling. I was, it wasn't interesting. But now I kind of actually realised the mistakes I was making back then. And yeah. you know, I would be definitely, you would be lifting a lot more than I did. Yeah, like they both have their place, you know, their strength and your Definitely. conditioning and your endurance cardio. Like um, I know you're big into the cycling and big into, um, you know, your endurance sports. Um, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I'll be more, run, more running running and cycling, a bit of yeah. rowing. I'm just coming in from rowing there for 10K. So but I, I do understand that you do. I know. I know. Casual. <laughs> Sitting in a rower for 46 minutes. It's just not. Yeah. Pleasant to be honest, but um, I do. I can see, especially with my clients. Like all of my clients, I would. That's the the bedrock. I'd have them, any whoever it is, like from young girls to older ladies. It would all be about squatting, deadlifting, and yeah. bench pressing, all those compound lifts. Like that, that's the that's what I would do. Like it's like Basis position of healing. any good yeah. strength program, yeah, and then Absolutely. building your endurance and your your cardiovascular fitness around that as well. Absolutely, yeah, um, and I knew you were all doing that. You. I, from the, the class that was there, I could see that you were all kind of doing that more than I was doing it. And it just took me a lot of time to actually click on to that and go, OK, this is a, a fundamental part of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's great. And like, that's it. We never stop learning. I think especially in the fitness industry, there's so much more to learn. The body is just like fascinating and it's always it's it's ever evolving as well. The science, like the sports science and um, the things we're learning about, you know, what works and what's important. And um, yeah, I suppose when you see like, I suppose it keeps changing. Like one mm-hmm. thing is kind of very, very trendy and then it changes into something else. So his was very trendy and, yeah. you know, fasting can be very trendy. And yeah. like all of these things come in and then go back out again. But I think the basics the compound lifted. They, they, yeah. nothing has changed there. Nothing yeah, has really changed. Yeah, they're never going to go, like the, the, the effect and the importance of them, that's never going to go out of fashion. As you said, there's never. trends, there'll always be, and there always will be in every kind of facet of life, there are going to be what's, you know, in fashion, what's cool, what, you know, the bloggers are doing, what the celebs are, are plugging. And, but at the end of the day, like you can't, you can't argue with what works. And no, Definitely your your basic your basic boring squat lunge deadlift you know bench like all of those movements they are the basis of any good as I said any good strength program and they're never going to go out of fashion they're never going to stop working absolutely um, 
Terry, if you wouldn't mind, just for anybody yeah. listening, um, would you give us a little bit of a background into how you got into this? I know you were saying that you went to kind of just do this co- the strength and conditioning course, but even before then, how did you get into fitness? What made you, like, tell us a little bit about how you got to the point you're at now. Okay, I suppose, looking back and how, where it started, I, I suppose it started when I was about 37, 38, mm. and I was around at the doctor, and I was actually, like, you know, walking, we were, I was kind of a landlord at that stage and doing a couple of bits. And I just went around for something completely different and he decided to take my blood pressure. And it was very high, it was 160 over 90. And he was kind of going, look, we need to kind of check. He says, something is not right. Now, I had a lot more weight at that stage. I probably had another five stone on me at that stage. Right. Um, and he said, right, probably the best thing to do is to send you into... The, uh, the matter hospital and we'll just get just make sure that there's no blockages and stuff like that so I got that done and there wasn't and it turned out that my cholesterol was kind of high it was 8.3 at that stage okay. and he said right he gave me a load of tablets a load of tablets at that stage this is what you need to take this is for this this is for this this is for this and I was kind of like I can't I can't do this and yeah. I, I tried straight away to go out and do a bit of running and my knees were killing me, my hips were killing me. And a side effect of a lot of the tablets were that you were going to get joint pain. Okay. So I went back and I said, look, I can't do this. And was there any other way? And he went, yeah, well, you can clean up, you know, you know clean up yeah. everything around your life. So I think more or less there and then I kind of went vegetarian, more or less. I kind of started cleaning up what I ate and yeah. just... Then, I love that the bloody doctor's first protocol wasn't to tell you that you could, you know, tackle this through diet and, and exercise, but to just load you up on tablets straight away. Well, it's you see, that's just this. That's just it? it. Yeah, well, that's just the way to do it. Like, they don't yeah. see the other part of it. Now, I did yeah. go back to him about a year or two after, and I did say, I did say to him, I went back and I got my cholesterol and, and everything done, yeah. and he went, God, for, he says, that's, that's quite amazing. He said, like, you because yeah. I refused to take the tablets, I was kind of... Yeah kind of going, God, this is a, this is a dodgy step down to go down. So after going kind of vegetarian, the weight began to kind of come off me then. And I just started to pick up sports. I was running at that stage. Um, a, a pal of mine had a bike. He said, do you want to try cycling? I tried cycling then. Then another pal that I met, he was doing triathlon. So I got into triathlon. Another pal was doing adventure races, which is like kayaking and running up mountains. So we tried that. So we, I was just kind of going and serious doing these. crew of adventurous pals there, Terry. Yeah, well, <laughs> to have no lives, I suppose is another way to say it. It was just it, no, was, it was funny. I think when you when you kind of are in them circles, that's what kind of happens. You'll meet somebody else that that's doing, yeah. or you, you you'll see somebody will be doing um, somebody that does a marathon. Um, will say, oh, I've never done the, like a mountain marathon or I've never done yeah. uh, an ultra marathon. So you begin to, oh, these things begin to open and then you start looking on, you know, YouTube or something or you start Googling and you see that there's this whole range of endurance things that you could do. So I just kind of tried it all, to be honest. So the thing that stuck was kind of the cycling and the running and the rowing. I suppose I, I kind of, rowing's been like the last two or three years, which I kind of like. Yeah, I know it's kind of crazy. It's 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 just something I I don't know. I just find it kind of therapeutic. It is. There's something very rhythmic about it. Although it is, it's very challenging. It's there's something very rhythmic about it, and you do kind of it's it's a mindful kind of an exercise. It is, and that's a the other part of it about the mindfulness because I know we were going to talk about 
you know, trying like mindfulness. And I find that yeah. though all of those sports, you can kind of go into a, a little bit of a trance, which I found out now they call it the zone, where yeah. you kind of just would turn off and you would just kind of release yourself into whatever exercise. Because one of the times I was running one of the back roads, it was a long run. It was like 20, I think it was 25K I was running. And I can remember kind of looking down at the ground and feeling like I just was, I, I actually kind of had a kind of an outer body experience. You kind of were, your body was moving, but you didn't feel like you were there. It was, it was yeah. very odd. And it was just from looking down at the ground, running one step, two step, one step and breathing. Yeah, just focus odd. on literally what's right ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. And you're not thinking of anything else. You're just thinking once. And I, I like, you know, I don't do it too much in the bike, but if you're doing it on a static bike or a spin bike, you could do something similar. So yeah. it's, it's, it is very therapeutic. And some people are kind of like, oh, no, I couldn't be arsed doing that. And in the marathons as well, you can find that when you're kind of like the second half of the marathon, you really need to kind of, like, kind of put the head down and kind of like walk at it. The first half is kind of, you're kind of waving and it's kind of grand and then you kind of go okay now this is where the, the hard part comes in you need to kind of buckle down and, and get through and then the last couple of miles you're kind of like okay you really need to dig deep here now so yeah. it was all of that it was all of that it was losing the weight and then obviously going to NTC so as I was doing all those sports and, and uh, you know races and stuff I decided that I'd go back and I would train and become like a PT but I wanted to actually kind of be a spin instructor. I didn't really want to be a PT. I wanted to be a spin instructor, but you needed to do, be a PT your, to yeah, be a spin your, instructor. Yeah, to have your search to be able to go on and exactly. do those kind of extra skill courses. Yeah. Which is gas because what open, I, I did the, the NTC one and I can remember going in and it was all these really fit um younger people there and then me and this other lady that was there were kind of like oh jesus we are completely out here so it was it was like i would have been i'd have been in their 40s when i went back to to do that so it was kind of like oh jesus this is like it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying but it was great because you actually put yourself out so in your comfort zone oh and you wanted it so bad as well i think when you when you are when you do go for something in a little bit later in life like that it means that much more to you because it's something that you really want and that you've decided I'm going to go and get like so far out of my fucking comfort zone and I'm going to make this work. I was the same. I mean, I was I was 28 when I went back to to do my PT course and I felt like I was out of my depth and I was a lot older than some of the people there. But then again, there was there was a handful who were older again than me, maybe by maybe a decade or so. And everybody was there for their own reason and for, you know, the want and desire to to be able to help more people, which is awesome. But, yeah, um, and it's, well, you're not doing, you, I don't think anyone's becoming a PT for the money. I really no. don't. Coming from, <laughs> Hell to the no. <laughs> yeah, because I came from like a sales background into, yeah. kind of, we had our own, had a business then at that stage and then things kind of turned into 20, to, uh, 2009, 2010. So, and then like, you, you were definitely 100% not doing it. You were doing it because, you are giving something to people or you're passionate about it. And as yeah. I said to you, the, bi- the bike and the running was the, the kind of where it came from. But yeah. what, what was extraordinary, like, you, you actually opened up then the strength part and then the biohacking part and then trying to actually work out how do you get people fitter and how, like, all of those different facets of, of, yeah. of training people. And, and then when people come back to you and they've lost, say, two stone, and they kind of go, oh, my God, like, and, and how much it is, 
how how they feel about themselves. Yeah, and it's not just about the two stone. It's about how they've transformed their life and how every single aspect of their life is benefiting their relationships with their partners, partners romantically, their relationships with themselves, with their kids, with their friends. Yeah. how they can move, how they, they you know, they're, they're more confident standing up in a boardroom and work to give a meeting. They feel like they can achieve things that they mightn't have felt that they could before. It's huge, isn't it? It's, it's, well, it's life-changing for some people. Yeah. It's like, like, and it seems such a small kind of trivial thing, but for some people it can be a huge step like that they could never have done. So it, that's, that's how I kind of got into it, trained, and then... I was had the spin, and then we had the kettlebells onto that. Then I had done the strength, then with you and Boyne. Yeah. Then it was Pilates. Um, I just finished up nutrition, and now I'm thinking I'm going to move into kind of the breathing aspect because I've been looking at that quite a bit, and yeah. it seems to be quite interesting. Oh, it is. It's hugely interesting, and such a vast kind of area as well. And there's so many different methods there's the Wim Hof method there's the absolutely there's so much to learn and to know and it was so kind of disregarded for so long ah yeah if you can breathe your grand you're alive but yeah yeah and it's, it's I'm finding fast the more you kind of look into it the more fascinating and I know Wim Hof and the oxygen advantage they're very very different one is kind of like you know more oxygen one's carbon dioxide I kind of understand yeah. that and Wim Hof, just, the Wim Hof method is actually a stressor exercise which I only learned there recently um yeah yeah and, it would and be. there's massive benefits to it as well but yeah there's it's like that there's so many different different methods like the i don't know even know if i'm pronouncing this right the boutico boutico method well that's more going towards the oxygen that's, advantage that's yeah. more his area um but i just think they're both because any kind of a stressor you know like you, you stress your muscles in order to make yeah. them you know so to grow yeah exactly so i think you would use that in breathing as well so i think that's probably the next thing i would like to do so you just kind of find you it's, it's amazing how wide People think it's personal training, it's personal training. It goes in so many different areas of, yeah. you know, of blood. Now, it's, wellness seems to be a huge one now at the moment. Yeah. You know, your mindset, wellness and meditation, which yeah. is another bolt on to it as well, you know. Yeah. And I think the more you work with people as well, you realise it's more like the, whatever their trans- the transformation that they're trying to achieve is. And it is always, it does always come down to some sort of, um, you know, want to, for change, whether that's, you know, aesthetically they want to maybe you know get a bit leaner and more muscular or whether they want to build their endurance and be fitter and be able to run a marathon within a certain time whatever it is always comes down to the mind that's the and the brain and mindset and that's always kind of the most fundamental or key part of any transformation or any change um and i think the more you work with people the more you realize that the power of the mind is so so important and human psychology um, is Definitely. understanding yeah. the human brain and how we work and how we operate and how we think and that it's so different for different people based on our experiences, past experiences um, yeah, and being able and to it, work with people, many different people from different, different pasts, different experiences and different walks of life is something that you have to kind of learn to do. I think it, I, you, you become, you, it, when you're training people, it becomes a very unusual experience and because you're, like, you're training them and then you get to know, you know, everything about their lives because they start talking to you about stuff and they're, they're 
what they want to do, what they don't want to do. And, mm. you know, you know, need a family and you know, the whole, their private life at that stage, because it yeah. becomes like, you become like their doctor. Like they be tell you all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, they're like confident. That. Like they're telling yeah, you absolutely. things they don't tell their husband. Like, and they it's... do. I, and you get that a lot. And it's, it's, it's very unusual how someone that's just telling them, okay, you're moving in this direction or that direction, or you're picking up that. And yeah. how, how people can become connected. And yeah. it's exactly what you say, how it changes, how it, it opens up so many things. I can remember doing a couch to 5K with a group of ladies um, over in Stamullen. And they, we did actually the 5K in Malahide uh, on one of the park ones on the, on the Saturday morning. And I'll never forget the way they all felt after. It was just like they were like absolutely buzzing after us. Yeah. And that, that's just such, such a small thing. That was like couch to 5K. Now, probably what I was thinking is a small thing but for them it was like huge they were getting yeah. out they were leaving the kids at home the husband at home they were going out every Tuesday and Thursday and they were doing the training they were all meeting up it was a social thing they were moving forward to do something they were all kind of like I can't believe I've done that I cannot believe yeah. I've done that it was an and achievement actually, yeah yeah and it was kind of humbling that you kind of were going this is like this is such a huge thing for these people just to do yeah. this 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 thing so it it is. It's, it can be very rewarding, you know, not financially, but definitely um, when people come to you and say to you, look, at, I'm I'm doing this or I'm doing that, you kind of go, right, I'm doing something right. So, and yeah. I think the other thing is, if you have done it, the other thing is I never, I very rarely ask people to do anything fast and red light, at jumping into the sea. You would never ask anyone to do anything unless you've you done it yourself. Done. Exactly. You you kind of have to do it. You kind of you can't stand there and go. And that's the thing about the doing the weights. Yeah. I was asking people to squat. You wouldn't just pick up that kettlebell there and do a squat there. I needed to get really into that and go right. I need to know exactly what's going on here. So yeah, that's you need how to you know how it feels how, to be able absolutely. to describe how it should feel or to be able to even explain it to somebody. We have to have experienced it and lived it as well. Yeah, and you know what? And I was, I definitely was like that, Laura, because I can remember like training and doing the 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 training in NTC and kind of going. The lads were doing all the like the massive big bench presses, and I wasn't experienced. I was kind of going, "Oh my god!" It was only when I went back to do that particular part in the the, the strength, I kind of went, "Okay, I'm beginning to understand this. This is a yeah. fundamental, huge part towards this, and I need to get more." look at this um, a lot more than they did you know so, yeah. and by building you your strength there as well like you you probably noticed that your endurance training was you know enhanced through that as well and um you know by being stronger and having more muscle mass I know like there's there's a fine line but talk to there me about your is. your endurance training Terry like what in terms of I know Endurance is like defined as the the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way um, or, um, you know, the capacity of something to last or to withstand wear and tear. Um, what kind of endurance training do you I know you 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 preference, say, running um, and cycling and rowing. Um, what way yeah. do you work with your clients on improving their endurance, mental or mentally or physically? And what do you recommend to somebody who would say want to improve their own endurance? Well, I would just I would go out and start doing doing what yeah. you need to do. So if if you want to go running, because I think this is where people get thrown slightly. So if somebody wants to improve cycling and they're doing deadlifting, you have to do mainly.
you can get thrown and kind of like... Oh, sorry, like, I oh, lost oh. you for a second there, sorry. Uh, what I'm saying, if you're doing like cycling yeah. and then somebody's saying to you, God, what's really good for cycling is deadlifts. I yeah. think you need to kind of really focus on the cycling and then do the de- deadlift to the side. You know, yeah. you can't, you, you have to practice whatever that sport is, be it running, um, cycling, whatever it is, swimming. You need to practice that the most and then do the actual other parts of it, the, you know, the bench pressing or the lifts or the squats. Yeah, as your accessory work. Ex- exactly. Yeah. You have to keep doing that. That's where I, I found, so I was, when I was cycling, when I was in NTC, I would cycle into NTC. NTC and cycle back home again so yeah. I was covering about 400 kilometers a week on the bike alone but I was doing absolutely no kind of lifting whatsoever no kind of anything but cycling mm. so I was great on a bike but when I got off the bike to do anything else it was like oh it was horrendous like everything was beginning to get more and more tight it was like you could hardly like bend over, you know, your yeah. back was beginning. So yeah, that was the part where you kind of, you have to kind of come off the bike and go, okay, there's things that you'd have to bolt onto this. Yeah, you know, what even do some I want kind... to achieve here and where do I need to start? Yeah. And I think that's where the Pilates came in because I went back and I was kind of looking at my posture and going, Jesus, my posture is terrible. And I was kind of looking at, you know, Pilates and yoga and Pilates was, I kind of went, this is what I kind of need in order to look at my clients because I had a lot of runners and a lot of people on bikes and they would come in and I would say to them, okay, you know, we would try and do some kind of like squat and they go, they'd kind of bend down and go, uh, 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 you know, they were, yeah. they were just so tight. Yeah. So that, I would think that you need to practice that, but you also need to do, you know, some kind of, you know, small little, small little bits of other kind of like lifting, squatting, or, you know, it just trying to open it up to different little to stop the injury I suppose more than anything else because there was a lot of injuries I've done a lot of injuries to myself so yeah I, I think just they're, had to kind of, they're the kind of mistakes that we kind of have to make on the way at times as well to kind of allow definitely. us to understand and grow and and then allow us to help people when they come to us and who are you know need rehabilitation through from injury or you know tweak little tweaks that clients may kind of abstain through their workouts and being able to reassure them you can work around them there's ways to come back from it it's not the end of the world you know um I think it, it is it we do all like have our our journey through different injuries and tweaks and things like that and it is important to have experienced that as well I think if you have if you've gone through doing uh, you know a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon and you've felt what it's like and you're trying to explain to people and somebody wants to get faster. So you're obviously doing the normal, you're saying, okay, you need to do a bit of speed training. You need to do a bit like a, a long, slow, easy one. So you're trying to get them up to where that cardio, that ability to be able to do a fast, be it 5K, 10K marathon, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, you, but then I think a lot of the times people, sometimes they, they, they get an injury here and yeah, you kind of have to go, okay, do you know what we need to do there? We probably need to kind of, rein it back in a bit we need to look at some kind of pilates move something from the floor maybe lifting away or some mobility work maybe it could be something yeah. as simple as mobility work to be honest yeah 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 and a lot of the time it is it is just about moving in a different way to the way you have well, been moving yeah um, you know, and all of those things all of those you know the cycling the running it's a forward rowing it's a pulling it's always in the the one plane you're not moving outside that plane yeah. and I think that's where people start to get injured because when people run and then they start to do something over to uh, outside that plane 
That's yeah. where the problem starts. So you're trying to balance that out as well by, say, mobility. Yeah, yeah, which is why it's so important to strength train as well and making Absolutely. sure within your, your training program as well, your strength training program, that you are moving on different planes of motion, that it's not just forwards, backwards all the time or up, down, that you have a balanced program, which is why it's so important to work with a coach as well who, I who think will so. I definitely know think that so. you're that you're covering all bases because it's not just about like obviously something is better than nothing and movement is great but um in terms of looking after as you said your mobility and your movement and your longevity like you don't want to end up just battering yourself and battering your joints and ending up as you said tight and unable to you know tie your shoelaces or bend over and reach the floor and um, so it is hugely important to know that I think sometimes that- I definitely think that's the one thing that's that's not like people that run and people that cycle and like the the endurance sports or the cardio things. Mm. You know, there's a lot. They don't do a lot of mobility. They don't yeah. do a lot of that stuff. And you can see it in like I would see them all the time. They'd come in and like a forward lunge, and you could hear the the knees cracking and the the yeah. sigh and the oh Jesus going down. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that that part is always left. Yeah. Always left. So that is one part that you would be trying to bring into people and saying, well, you probably need to. You know, we could do a couple of squats here, a bit of mobility, probably a couple of, you know, Pilates moves and that might help whatever it is that's going on their bodies, you know. Yeah. And it's great that you have so many different areas that you can kind of draw from in terms of like, I know there's there's so many coaches out there that are like, you know, tunnel vision in their little bubble. You know, it has to be all this style of training or, you know, all your bodybuilding style of training or all. But if you can take from all of your different learnings and kind of put them together in a program that's going to enhance the person that you're working with um, in terms of what they need, whether it's, you know, as you said, a little bit of Pilates, you know, if you've your main compound movements within whatever their needs are um, and then working on their endurance as well, you're kind of pulling from air, all the different areas of expertise that you have, which is great. And like like you said, if you hadn't gone back and done that strength and conditioning course, you wouldn't have those skills to give to those clients that you're working with who are on the bike yeah. for the majority of the time, which is great. And I think I think when you're when you're training people, you, you do need to have extra little bits to both, that you can say if they're talking about be it food, you know, yeah. be it breathing. I think it's lovely to have those extra bits that you could say, well, why don't you try so after classes, at the very start, when I was training people, I did use, we were trying box breathing, which is like four seconds in, four seconds hold, yeah. four seconds out. A really like, nice exercise for breathing yeah, exercise, and, and yeah. After all those classes that I was doing at the very start, when I started training people, I was using stuff like that. I'd lie everyone down on the floor, I'd put the hands in their belly and they'd say, okay, now you're going to breathe right down to your diaphragm, you're going to breathe. And it was just stuff like that. And I was kind of going... And how people reacted to it, they're kind of going, well, this isn't like, this is not what the other guy yeah. does or the other girl does. Yeah. And it was, you could see people kind of interested and going, well, this is a lovely way to finish the class. Yeah. Or, you know, just yeah. stuff like that. And it, when you bring in extra bits, it begins, people kind of go, God, I'll actually like this. This is something different. And you, you expose them to something that they probably never would have been exposed to. Yeah. And as well, it's not just for the sake of it either. It's not just like, oh, well, I know I have this little oh, piece God, of knowledge. No. So I'm going to throw it in there because it's going to benefit them. It's like if you have somebody, I use that box breathing technique with a lot of clients as well. Uh, say if I had a client running in the door straight after work to, for their PT session and they've come in after a stressful day and they're after, you know, being stuck in rush air traffic and they're stressed out. And they're coming in, rushing in the door to jump into their session. It's going to serve 
serve them much better to actually take five minutes to come down to the floor so. and do some box breathing and leave the day behind and then start to move their body and mobilize the joints before jumping into their strength training and taking that five, 10 minutes at the start and just breathing with them. And sometimes if they don't know you that well at the start, they're kind of looking at you going, what is this? This is not going to give me an arse. But, um, but it's so important. And then Maybe they realize the benefit. Will. Oh, oh, it will. But they breathe right into your arse. Yeah, they, right they, um, they, they start to see the benefit of it then. And then these are little techniques as well that they can take away and use in times when they feel overwhelmed or stressed or when they want to try and, you know, settle the autonomic nervous absolutely. system. And yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what it's all about. And you're trying yeah. to give people the, all these, these bits and pieces. The, the one thing that's fascinating at the moment is the people in the sea all yeah. these people going into the sea. I'm sea has become that. really trendy this year. <laughs> it has, it has. And it's, I'm kind of finding that really fascinating. And it seems to be a very, it's, it's, it's kind of ladies doing it more than yeah. men. Like everywhere I go, be it down the end of the road, in Laytown or Bellystown or into Skerries, it's, it's, a, it's ladies doing it. And this is something, and I know that some, some of the groups of girls that they're doing kind of breathing and kind of, different type of stuff kind of movements yeah. before they yeah. go to the sea yeah some of them are doing gratitude I, i've yeah, heard of uh, some big, group doing gratitude. yeah which is lovely doing, which is lovely which i yeah. think is People another come back kind of to the bloody earth well and we were absolutely. kind of kind of forced there because there's nowhere else to really go at the moment well, but well, it is lovely it, that's one of the massive positives as well of all of this lockdown business and my own mom started sea swimming every single day there last summer Brilliant. and she has swam all through winter. We got her an old dry robe as a as a little uh, trophy, um, <laughs> but um, she's loving it. She's in the sea. She was in the sea twice yesterday. Cause I think we had the pink moon. Was that yesterday or the day before? Um, she went for a nighttime swim and a morning Brilliant. swim and she, she just says it grounds her like nothing else. And it's lovely that people are finding this and coming back to the simple things that, you know, well, make us feel good. Exactly, and it's a very simple thing. And that, like, the, even going out into the light, I know that, like, as I, I'm very much into the biohacking, into the the mm. infrared. Yes, and the I stuff was like actually that. And the, hoping yeah, we can come on to that now. Yeah, and I just all of those things are condensed versions. All of these things, the the cold water therapy, yeah. all of these, they're all condensed. So, if you the ultimate, the, the most perfect way to do this would be to get up some morning and there's you know a nice sunshine out there you go out for 20 minutes and you have your fasted walk in the sunshine you go down to the sea you get into the sea come out of the sea do your breathing come back and have your food all of these biohacking things that are there they are just a that's just a condensed version of the actual being outside being in the yeah. water going walking all of those things you know so yeah, i think being outside is probably the best thing Absolutely. And it's just a it's a time consuming way of doing it. So the infrared. Speaking of biohacking, biohacking, I remember the first time I ever heard the phrase biohacking was about maybe four years ago. And I remember thinking, what in the name Uh of Jesus biohacking? Like it sounds like nuts. It sounds like something really scientific and intense and and like, you know, um, a little bit scary, I thought. I was like, biohacking, this sounds nuts. This sounds mad and intense. And But um, it really is very simple. It's basically just, it's the practice of changing our chemistry and our physiology through science ex- and self-experimentation to yeah. enhance our body and energize our body. So it's kind of do-it-yourself biology as such. And it just really consists of making small incremental diet or lifestyle changes to make small improvements in our health and well-being. And there's, loads of different ways that you can do this 
So Terry, one of those ways that you just mentioned there is your red light therapy. I actually came across red light therapy because there was a guy called Ben Greenfield. He was a massive biohacker over in America. He was shining red lights and infrared on his balls to increase his <laughs> testosterone. No I am not, I, I I am not joking you. This I am not great. joking. This is this is genuine. This is this is what he was doing. And was his had, his little uh, experiment proven to be successful? Um, as far as I know, his testosterone did go up. Wow. Okay. So it that's, all the lads that's out there it, googling. Yeah. <laughs> where can I buy a red light therapy light? You see, this is this is where I I actually I was following Ben Greenfield and he was doing the likes of coffee enemas and the red light and the breathing and the cold water. And I was kind of going, this now, this is fantastic. I'm, yeah. this, is like very, this was like very interesting to me. Intriguing, the cold water, yeah. especially. Yeah. So I actually, uh, one of my clients, Karina, she, she's a skin specialist. And I was asking her, she's going, oh yeah, we, I use the, the red light. So I just kind of, she gave me a book. I read the book about it and it was like fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. And you could buy these panels. So the panels, the ones I have are platinum and they have red light and uh, infrared. So they come, there's like a wavelength. So the best way to explain it is when you get up in the morning and you look out with the sun and the sun has kind of a a reddish tint off it, that's kind of red light. And then obviously you can't see infrared because it's like, you know, you can't see it in spectrum. Yeah. And all they've done is they've taken the red light and the uh, infrared and they've made it into a panel. So some so of the lights are red. Concentrated that light. Exactly. And, so yeah. it's like sunbeds, if you like, something similar yeah. to that. And I had bought this. So I was using this. So if I had done a hard cycle or um, a hard run, you would just shine the light onto your leg and it would relieve. And I, like I had an injury. I had I got an injury where I was on the rower and I was doing this really stupid thing where... I was doing rowing for like a minute and then getting into it like an ice bath, getting back out, getting onto the rower, getting back into the ice bath. And I just seized up and I pulled something in my back and then I was using the red light. And between the red light, it's just, it's like it heals a lot quicker. So I just found it fascinating. And I kind of was, I I was trying to actually use that in conjunction with people training. So sometimes in my gym, I would bring the the, the panels in and I would shine it at people as they were training. And I went, this is like, they're getting everything here at the same time. So it's just, it's it's another kind of something like, as you say, it's a biohack. It's yeah. showing the light and it's yeah. like, it's a, your skin gets, you know, it kind of takes. Yeah, it's actually it. used, it's a therapeutic technique used to it treat is. a lot of skin issues, like wrinkles, scars, persistent wounds and other Absolutely. conditions as well, isn't it? Yeah, and the infrared would penetrate deeper. So that mm. would go deeper. It would actually go into the bone as well. So that would actually help. So if you had some kind of like inflammation, that would help there. So that was just like another part of that. And I just found it fascinating. I found yeah. it fascinating. The it is. Are- I actually, light therapy is huge. I bought one of those daylight lamps there about two years ago. And Brilliant. it is absolutely because I I would be somebody who's very, very affected by SADS, the seasonal affective d- disorder. Okay. And I know it affects a lot of people more than than they even realize. I didn't oh, no, actually I think even realize does. what it was for years. But I know on days where it's overcast or gray, I'm massively affected by that. And my mood will literally be subdued. Um, well, the red I, light was meant to help in that. And the, yeah. that's meant to also help in that. And it's good for your skin. It's, it's like yeah. there's so many, as you said, like scarring um 
acne, uh, all of those different things that that would actually help. Yeah. And it's it's simply you now the panels. The thing about it is like when you buy a panel, it can there's a lot of kind of charlatans out there, and it can be all sorts of. This is a red light. It's something you really have to look into. Yeah, because you have to make sure that the wavelength on the light is the proper wavelength, and what you're getting is actual red light and infrared, and not some kind of something kind of knock off you know so that's yeah there's the different only thing kind I of types of red light therapy as well like there's ones that you can find in salons which will reduce your cosmetic skin issues and stuff but then your red light therapy for say medicinal or in medical offices settings would be used to treat more serious conditions like Absolutely. your bone density and the side effects yeah. of chemotherapy as well i believe has have been no, it's been, been used, used. I've, I've seen like because when you start to go down that rabbit hole you, you yeah. see so many applications and you kind of go oh god i never thought that I would have never thought. So that was just, that, that's part of the biohacking there. And then when you go into that kind of biohacking, then it begins to open up into, say, the breathing. And that's, so from that same guy who was doing the coffee enemas and shining the lights on his balls, yeah. he started talking about Wim Hof, about yeah. this guy who had, you know, he had used this breathing technique to fight off uh, a virus that was injected into him. And I was kind of going, I have to see this. Yeah. And he was, he had at one stage the world record for staying in ice for the longest time. I think it was something like that. So as I kind of was looking at that and then by accident, there was a, like a, a workshop over in Navin and there was a guy who actually trained with Wim Hof, a fella called John Love and Oxygen, I think is the name of the, of his uh, company. And he okay. was doing this workshop and it was like, come do the workshop and then you, you get into like an ice bath. And I went, I have to try this. This sounds yeah. brilliant. And I can remember doing the breathing technique and it's like you're over-oxygenating your blood. Yeah. And it was just, it was like getting high or something. It was like... Yeah, it is. I, That's exactly it's, it. It's it's a natural high. It's a natural high. Because we were in this kind of room and we were all lying down and he was telling us, he was going through the technique. Okay, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Hold the breath and then hold the breath for as long as you could. And I can remember feeling like sunshine on my face and then when I opened my eyes, it was like kind of very dark. It was the weirdest experience. And we did that. And then he took out this big, massive tub and he dumped a load of ice and he went, right, we're all going to get into this. And we all just kind of got into our swimming shorts and then yeah. we tried to, and we got in and using the technique as well, breathing, you actually sat down in the water and you're trying to breathe there. Yeah. So it was just, I just found that another part. And I think... This is the thing about the sea. This is what, about the ladies going to the sea. There's something about that, about the cold water immersion. That's I don't know what it's doing, but it seems to be, you know, physiologically, it's doing something to people where they go in and they come out and they go, they just feel great. They feel yeah. great. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's a lovely thing to do. So you're telling me, Laura, that your mama's done it. Have you oh, done she's it? Doing it no, I, do you know what? I am the biggest wuss when it comes to cold, Terry. Right. I cannot put myself in a situation where I feel cold. And going down to the sea, I went down with her last summer. It was one of the days, I think it was in June. And it was like one of the hottest days of the year. I think it was about 25 <laughs> degrees. And I and was, you still didn't get in. I, I just about, I did get in. But oh my God, it was an ordeal for me. Like, I swear okay. to God. I am just not cut out for it. I would love to be the kind of person that runs down and runs butt naked into the sea in under the full moon, but I just can't do it. Um, she she is coaxing me to come with her again this summer, so I think this summer I'm going to try it and try and get into doing it a little bit more regularly and consistently. Um, because the benefits of it are amazing. Oh, like huge. It, it's, 
in terms of boosting your immune system and stress and i think just the effects that it has on your nervous system as well it's it's forcing you to kind of control your nervous system and to calm yourself and there's nothing else there in that moment it's just you in that present moment and and the sea which i think is absolutely beautiful and magnificent and even the day I did get in, like as much as it took me fucking forever to get to actually get past my waist and immerse myself in the water. When I did, just looking around and all you can see is the sea and the skyline. And there is something massively calming about it and humbling. It um, is. And it just yeah. brings you back to here and now, no matter what else yeah. is going on in the world right now or in your life. It just brings you to here and now present in your body. And I think that is hugely powerful. You could think of nothing else. So I, I, the last time I did it, I think I was in Scaries. And like I've done it in like uh, in December, January, cold, yeah. you know, and with a wetsuit and without a wetsuit. So the last time... Put me to I'm, shame here, Terry. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no some people. Some no, people, I'm a complete like, wuss. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I just jumped in the water and I had no wetsuit on. And the rest of the people that were with me, they had their wetsuits on. And yeah. all I was trying to do was just trying to calm myself down. And yeah, I did exactly breathe. what you said. I didn't face the coast. I faced the opposite way. And I yeah. looked out. And sometimes, even if you went down to down the road where we are in Laytown, if you go far enough out, all you'll see is the more mountains. So if you turn one way, you'll see the sea. If you turn the opposite way, you'll see the more mountains. Yeah. So you try to always face away and just breathe and just relax and breathe. Yeah. And when you get out, like you just feel like you just feel like you're a hero. It's yeah, an and it just way. almost washes away all the bullshit, isn't it? It's cleansing, oh, like in more ways than just physically. Yeah, and it's it's exactly what you're saying. All you can concentrate on is trying to bring your breathing back. It's trying to go, and you know, yeah. not over breathe because like I've been in the water where some of the lads they like they're and they're like yeah. you're kind of going. You need to calm down. You need yeah, to calm down. Yeah, you need down. to try and settle your breathing and absolutely control it absolutely. a little bit. But I think it it's almost it seems to me just from talking to people and and from experiencing it myself and knowing that you all all you can do in that situation is try to control your breathing to settle your nervous system and to bring yourself back. And it's almost like forced meditation because I think as a society, we are bad at just putting our phones down and being present in the moment and not being distracted. But in that moment, you have no choice. You have to just focus on your breathing and where you are and what you're doing right now. There's nothing else. There's no other option. So I think it's almost like a forced meditation, which I think is why it's so powerful and why people are so drawn to it without realising they're having to just come back to themselves for a brief moment of their day. Well, what you're saying about even the immune, like all through COVID, everything's mm. about, you know, a vaccine, a vaccine, a vaccine. Yeah. Nobody has talked about their, their immune systems and about cleaning up their diet or about losing weight. Everyone's yeah. talking about, well, let's get this vaccine rolled. No one's talking about, maybe we should look do. at, like, yeah, yeah, maybe we should look at what's being, you know, what kind of foods are being sold or, you know, yeah. this is what's uh, absolutely listen. amazing. I, I don't even know if I, I should be saying this, like I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but my dad, my my great, fantastic daddy has gone back. He is a retired psychiatric nurse and he's gone back to the workforce. He just started again last week after all the training to um, administer vaccines. So he started there last week administering vaccines. And the, the wonderful health system, the breakfast that they supply for all the vaccinators in the country are pastries, trans fats. Oh my God. <laughs> Plates and plates and plates and trays of them. And I'm like, guys, these these are, are you, you know, health health care professionals who are now yeah. 
responsible for vaccinating yeah frontline workers and you're feeding them a fucking tray of trans fats first thing in the morning like could we not do a bit of fruit and a bit you know i just think that priorities sometimes are a little bit skewed and you're dead right nobody has talked like nobody has stood up there has have been no ads on the radio about how to look after your health and well-being yeah. what you can do um you know resources to look at if you want to improve your nutrition if you want to take steps to better your own health to be in a better position to fight any diseases that you may contract everyone was more you know everyone was more talking about let's get the fast food places open Let's yeah. get the pubs open. Everyone's yeah. more concentrated on getting that. Let's get the vaccine and let's get the fast food and everything else open. No one's talking about, well, hold on a second. Is there any way, now that we've seen this, if people had better immune systems, maybe there'd be less people dying. And I know yeah. that's terrible and that's very black and but white. But I, that is the honest truth. There's no fight. There's no arguing with the truth. You know, the, the fitter and stronger and the better condition you're in, the less likely, you, the less, the harder you are to kill, essentially. Exactly. And, you know, the better fighting chance you have of of fighting off any disease yeah. or illness disease. that you might contract. And, yeah. And that's exactly what that, that's how I, I got onto that Wim Hof because he, he was taken into a lab in a hospital in America and he was doing his breeding technique. They injected a virus into him and his breeding technique fought the virus back by doing his breeding technique. So they said, okay, look at, you're an anomaly maybe and he said okay hold on a second so he got 10 uh different people and he gave them the same breeding technique and they did the same tests and the same thing happened again he they were able to fight it back so mm. there has to be something in these things you know yeah. there has to be something about if you get outside if you know go walking mm. and look i'm i'm into the kind of the fasted walking because i just think that that part that that goes into a different realm of, of trying to help people but going outside in the morning going for a walk sunshine in your face exposure you know, to daylight is exposure and exposure important. as yeah, early in the expo- day as you can i think so and exposure to cold water like so then yeah. there, as i was speaking to you yesterday um i was fasting yesterday i did yeah. my red light last night i got up this morning i had a cold shower and i fasted for, i think it was for 20 hours so i was trying to these are all kind of free things well apart from the red light a lot of it's like free you know yeah. this is stuff like there's, talk there's to me no, about Sorry, go ahead. The fasting, yeah, the fasting. Yeah. You're going to ask about that, really. Okay. Yeah, so I, I know you're a huge fan of intermittent fasting, I, and I, I know am. it's a technique I really that you am. use. I've, I have used intermittent fasting myself as a method for managing my caloric intake, um, particularly when I worked back, back before I was uh, personal training. I worked in an office and I would tra- train myself. I went to the gym five days a week and I was managing my calorie intake and my energy balance. And I found that with my lifestyle, it suited me to eat within a smaller window. Now, I know there's loads of different types and ways you can intermittent fast. So the way I used to do it would be I wouldn't eat until maybe half 11 or 12 p.m. in the day. And then okay. I'd have my last meal before eight. So I maybe had like an eight hour eating window. Okay, and that's that's the best one to have. That, that's the most recommended. Is the eight sixteen is, yeah. is the most recommended one. Yeah, and because, it worked so well for me because once I didn't eat first thing in the morning, I didn't really get hungry. I'd drink a lot of water. I'd have maybe two liters of water before twelve p.m. and I'd have a couple, maybe a coffee. And but I don't take anything in my coffee. I know technically you're not supposed to have anything other than water in intermittent fasting. And now I did. I would have had well, herbal teas and black coffee. But again, I would. 
I would think that the, the coffee would be a great idea because the yeah. coffee will mobilize the fat before you went out for your walk. So this is, I, I, I fell into it in a way where I had a client and she wasn't, um, she was an older lady and she like wasn't going to cycle and she wasn't going to run. She yeah. could do a bit of kind of lifting. She was just, and it's kind of racking my brain. And I was, same thing, I was kind of researching about it and this thing came up. So I tried it myself worse than went to something definitely here with this. And then I tried it on her and she dropped mm. two stone and she wasn't making massive. I was looking at what she was eating. I wanted to clean up like I, I'm not saying this is like the, 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 you know, the silver bullet. But you always want to look and see what they're eating. Because you can't be eating Mars bars and expecting intermittent fasting to do everything else. You have yeah. to look and do a food diary and say, OK, Mary, what are you eating there? And make sure yeah, that they the are getting. The quality of your calories has exactly, to be good. And you and still, proper. if you're. Yeah, and if your goal is weight loss, you still need to be in a deficit. So you need to be creating that deficit within your eating window. So even if you have eight hours window to eat, you don't want to be cramming, you know, 4,000 calories into that eight eight hours because you're going to be ending up back in a calorie surplus and you're not going to see results. Yeah, so, I would rather that you just eat proper food, wholesome, proper, yeah. normal food. And what, yeah. we, what I would do is say at the January fast that we did just a couple of months ago, I would have them do food diaries and they would all be on the same WhatsApp, you know, they, they would all be kind yeah. of posting their foods. So everyone then is accountable for what they're doing. So they all, yeah. they're showing, I had like nine Mars bars today and then <laughs> someone else had this very, very clean, they had yeah. like an Nobody wants morning. to be the one posting 10 exactly. Mars bars, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I suppose somebody wouldn't mind posting 10 Mars bars. They're probably just there posting it, they're just doing them on the side. But I just found that she was, re- it was really working um, for this lady. And she was dropping her weight and she was going, God, this is, this is brilliant. She goes, all I'm doing is walking and fasting and it's like I'm drinking more water. She had yeah. a kind of a good diet to, to start off with. So this was working and I was kind of going, this is great. And I just, I just kept on using it. And people that would come in, people that wanted to drop weight and people that, would, that wouldn't be like sporty, sporty people that wanted to run or stuff. Because like you would go back to kind of, well, maybe we'll do these exercises and be kind of going, I'm not able to do that now. To be in the late 40s, early 50s, to probably yeah. have issues. And it just worked really, really well. It just worked really yeah. well. And it so can I work just, so well for some people. Oh, I like, think so. I and think for so. others, it can be just massively restrictive. So it really does. It's person dependent again and oh, lifestyle dependent. Um, it it won't work for everyone. And again, it is. I think people forget sometimes as well. They think, OK, I'm just going to fast and it'll, I'll lose weight. But it is. It's just another method of creating a deficit. And it can work really, really well for some people. For others, just creating your deficit within your normal eating routine will work better for you. So I just don't want any listeners listening to think, you know, oh, I just I just need to fast and I'll start dropping weight. It is just another method of creating a deficit. And if it, it works well, for you, brilliant. I would think that. So if your insulin level, if your insulin is up um, yeah. you cannot burn fat, as far as I know, this is all the research that I'm looking at. If your insulin is up, you're not burning fat. So what, what I'm what my understanding of it is from um, this guy that I was following, Jason Fung, he was saying that what's happening there is if you stop eating at six o'clock yeah. and then, you know, you're just you go get up at nine o'clock, you go for your walk. And this guy, Ben Greenfield, he would have said about the fat mobilization and having a black coffee, black coffee, no sugars, no sweeteners, no milk, nothing like that, that you would have that, that that would kind of just mobilize the fat a bit more. You would go for your half an hour, 40 minute walk. And because insulin is down, that the body at that certain level of walking and it's kind of at a low level, at a low level of exercise, 
that the body would tap into the fat before it would into the carbohydrates. Yeah. That's my understanding of it there. And I was kind of going, well, this works. Now, I've done it wrong, Laura, loads of times. I've got up in the morning and I've sat on the bike for two hours and I've crushed myself on the bike and came home looking at my heart rate and going, I've done the complete opposite of what I'm telling people to do. I've went yeah. too far. My heart rate's up too much. Cortisol's been dumped into my system. And yeah, I know I've done it the wrong way. Yeah, which is going to be counterintuitive then. Of course it is. cortisol, like soaring yeah. through your body is, is yeah, not. Yeah, big stressor. Big stressor. Yeah. And I was doing yeah. it completely wrong. So you're kind of trying to walk through it and you would look at the client and you would say, she, you know, be it the, the whoever this came in, you'd be saying, just make sure your heart, make sure it's like a walk and talking pace. So you're walking, Mary, yeah, and you're know, walking along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the way uh, my understanding. Now, as I said to you, I'm going all the time looking for research. There's very little research on fasting because no one's making money out of fasting. Mm. Nobody. So they don't want to do research. If it's about a new sports drink, they'll pump millions into it and they'll get a load of scientists in to say it'll make you a second or a half a second faster on a 5K mm. or a 10K. Nobody wants to talk about fasting because nobody's making money on it. This is the yeah. thing, because it's the absence of something. So it's yeah. not about getting stuff. So even when you look at during the 70s and 80s, people would eat three times a day. Mm. Now it's six to seven times a day people would eat. So yeah. you can see it's about consumption, 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 consumption. Everywhere you look, it's about go and eat this, have this. You know, it's about, you know, all sorts of different things about... And I just think the absence sometimes of this probably makes a lot of sense. It just probably yeah. makes a lot. I don't think your body is Simplifies made things a little human. bit. You can still yeah. get all the nutrients you need and the fuel you need just in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, what I way just, do you use it, use it yourself, Terry? You you go for much longer fasts. You, would you I fast? Have, well, today was 20 hours. And okay. I used to be, I always used to be, I actually had a couple of clients that were doing 24 hours of complete clean out and I was kind mm. of going, right, that's kind of neat, where I need to be now doing. And I kind of tried it one day and I went, that, that was very easy. I think people become, you know, they kind of look at it and go, oh, good God, 16 hours? I couldn't last yeah. 16 hours without food. I think you really can, to be honest. I you think can. Really- it can take a little bit of in- in mental endurance and a little bit of, um, you know, determination, but it can be done. And oh, like definitely. It, you do, do need to monitor things a little bit though particularly like if you're somebody who is running around and quite busy it might not be ideal for you but um i know um jordan syatt who was on the very first episode of um the podcast here was he used to coach gary vaynerchuk and he gary used to maybe he still does but he used to fast maybe every three days for a full day um or at least one full day a week and it suited his lifestyle if he was, you know, working away on the laptop or in meetings just to not eat because he was so busy. He didn't even think yeah. about it. Um, yeah. And I think if you busy yourself in other ways and make sure, obviously, that you're not expending a heap of energy and like you said, like on a bike for two hours in the morning, if you are completely fasted um, yeah. and turning it into a, str- a like stress in your body and not having that f- food that you need for fuel and recovery, um, then it can work if if it's something okay. that you... I have probably made every mistake in, in fast. I probably made all of those mistakes and under eating. And then like, yeah. you would always talk. So when I have the, the WhatsApp group, you're always asking and you're always somebody saying, I'm a bit faulty today. And then you were checking and saying, what's the water levels like? So yeah. a lot of times they're not, so I, I would insist it has to be two liters of water, 
two, yeah. two liters of water a day that they would need to get in. And when you start to, and then you'd say, okay, because they had the food diary, you can look through the food and say, are they getting enough calories for what they're walking? So they're walking 10,000, 15,000 steps. You're yeah. trying to look through and see, okay, Mary, look at you, probably need to eat a little bit more or have you taken enough water? Or do you know what? Maybe take today off. Maybe yeah. go and eat normally today. So I'm always trying to check in. And I think that for guys, for, for, for fellas, it's easy. They fast, the weight comes off. For girls, it's a lot different because of the different things that are going on at different stages of the month. Yeah. So it's, it can be very, like, with women, it can be, and then younger girls can be, like, you know, it can work, like, gangbusters. It's perfect. It works for them. Older ladies, it can be more nuanced, and you always have to keep looking and checking and making sure. But it seem, I seem to get a lot of great results from it, and I do believe that giving your body a bit of a rest from digesting food, from doing, you know, whatever Constantly it is. Constantly working, yeah. Yeah, that you, you, yeah. you give us, the, you know, that's where the cells will regenerate, you know, yeah. autophagy, what it's called there. That's a yeah. part of fasting where people would just, you know, the body would go into a mode where it would start cleaning up the cells, where it doesn't have to fight breaking down the food and bringing down the insulin. So I do like it, I have to say, and I can see the benefits of it. And, you know, it seems to have worked for clients that I've had. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of it, I have to say. And any time I, I did use it for, for a good period of time, it, you get into a little routine with it and, it and it can really, really have, you know, the desired effect, again, of creating a deficit and making your life a little bit easier. Yeah, I've seen, um, who's the guy that played Superman? Um, and oh, he's I'm in The Witcher as well. Okay, I'm right. I'm bad at these games. <laughs> yeah, Henry Cavill. Is it Henry okay. Cavill? I couldn't so tell he, you. <laughs> okay, right. He he was like he's a big, handsome actor and um, full I of probably, muscles. I know him to see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing he was doing cardio, uh, faster cardio in the morning. His trainer had brought this to him, and the definite he reckoned that the definition of his body for that particular role he was doing, I think it was The Witcher, and mm. he was he said that the definition was much more he he felt that it was his body type was much like really working with a uh, faster cardio in the morning now, the faster cardio was very easy stuff that he did he did more of the weight training after he'd eaten in the evening or in the afternoons yeah. and in the evening so the faster cardio was just to kind of give him a bit of a you know you know bring the fat down and just make to expose the muscle that little bit more for whatever scene he was doing that day so i just when you see that it has to touch um, say Hollywood and I know that some of the cyclists that I would follow um, they were using it like you know they were using like a fat adaption they would get up in the morning they would do some kind of training on the bike without yeah. eating because they want to be more fat adapted because fat is obviously you know uh, more calories than you would have carbohydrates so yeah. when you see it when other people talk to me you kind of go hold on there must be something here if like, yeah. athletes are looking at us if you know the, the high end personal trainers are looking at us I'm yeah. saying high-end personal trainers. You probably haven't got a clue, your man. He's <laughs> probably one of these Instagram guys. So yeah, you need oh, to stop. buy this tablet or whatever it is. No, but it is. It definitely it has its place in so it, for no, for some it people. It definitely it, does. And it's it does. again, it's it's a it's a method that can really see success. Yeah, it's the one thing. If it's used the one properly. Thing, yeah, I think the one thing. It's the one thing that religions all agree on. I think it's the only thing. The religions all agree on, oh, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, very true. Actually, never even thought of that one. Very good point, Terry. Um, well, listen, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge on biohacking and your other areas of expertise today. Um, right, so 
For anybody who is unsure still, um, biohacking is basically the practice of changing your chemistry and physiology through science and self-experimentation to energize and enhance your body. Um, it generally consists of making small incremental diet or lifestyle changes to make small improvements in your health and well-being. Um, it can be anything from weight loss to enhanced brain function. Um, but the best biohacking results generally come from being well informed and cautious about what works for your body and your goals. So things like Terry mentioned there, um, your cryotherapy or cold water exposure um, in terms of biohacking your circulatory system or your um, your nervous system, biohacking your health with red light therapy um, and your skin. Um, biohacking the likes of your diet or weight loss with intermittent fasting um, and don't forget about things like biohacking your mindset with gratitude and gratitude um, um, what's the word I'm looking for exercises that you can do daily as well um, I've, heard, bio- I've heard a lot of that lately Laura a lot of people have done gratitude or reading gratitude or making a little list yeah, it's so powerful though, Terry. A lot of people have said it to me, said what I'm doing is I'm getting up and I'm kind of thinking like because of the way the world is at the moment, I just get up and I think of, well, you know, the house is still here, the food is still here, this is all. So I, I kind of, that's it. It's a, I think wellness is going to be a big area in the next couple of years. Yeah, but I think it's really important to know that as well. Like, I think, like, whatever about your, it's important to strength train. It's important to, you know, get your cardiovascular training in. It's important to manage your diet. Um, But overall, what we're looking for, everyone's looking to achieve health and happiness through this. Um, And like, through the likes of biohacking to achieve any of those things, better your health, better your diet, better your brain, your mindset, your function. It's all just a way to change your body, your health and your brain so that you can reach your goals and achieve a peak state of mind. And whether you use supplements or technology or red light therapy or, you know, intermittent fasting or, or breathing, strength training yeah. or breathing techniques. Yeah. Um, they all allow you to kind of make those changes and make lasting positive change, which ultimately, which is always the goal. Um, so. Thank you for sharing everything today. No problem. And I can't wait to see you jumping into the sea there with your man. <laughs> yeah, you might be waiting a while. <laughs> um, well, yeah, if you I do. do it. It's I'll, out there now. Listen. I'm just going to say it out there now. <laughs> and do you know what, Sher- Terry? I never even said this, and I can't believe I ha- didn't say this at the start. Um, Terry was the guy who planted, the very man who planted the seed for this podcast, for the birth of this podcast before it ever existed. Um, since I since we met each other back in um, our strength and conditioning course, Terry, ha- we connected on social media and Instagram and we've been in, t- in contact ever since then. And Terry heckled me for a good, I'd heckled. say, maybe two years. Yeah, heckled and bullied me a little yeah, bit. I did. I did <laughs> Trolled me on the internet. I'm and did, used, yeah. to, used to message me frequently and respond to things on, on Instagram and say, still waiting for that podcast. When's the podcast yeah. coming? And then one day I finally just had enough and I said, right, 2020 going to make it happen. And it did. It happened. And here we are. So I said it, it had to happen that Terry came on and guested on an episode. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, Terry. And, no and I just I can't believe now that 
this is the that was the one thing you did. And now you're going to do that. You get into the sea with your mom. <laughs> I got okay, and now it's actually record. This conversation is recorded, so it I is have being to, recorded. I, 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 yeah. I actually can't believe you're actually going to do those two things. It's going to be and it's going to be uh, scary <laughs> off the pier in scary. I'm regretting this podcast episode already. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now there Laura, you go. Thanks a million. I really appreciate again. it. <laughs> Listen, thanks a million, Terry. And um, for anybody who wants to get in touch with Terry, I'm going to pop his email address in the show notes below and I will pop his Instagram handle there as well so you can reach out and get in contact. Give him a follow. He is full of wisdom, knowledge and also plays the piano like no one else I've ever seen before. So you can check that out too on his Instagram. Um, multifaceted and multi-skilled multi human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what keeps your brain. That's what keeps your brain in order. That does. <laughs> when he's not on the bike or rowing, he's playing piano exactly. and sipping on wine. Um, listen, thank you so so much no, for your time, no, Terry. Laura, it's been you. an absolute pleasure, and I will catch you soon. And I will send on proof of me diving headfirst into the sea. Yes, <laughs> we'll need it. We'll have to have the proof. You and your man together now. Don't yeah, forget. holding hands. Perfect. <laughs> thanks a million terry see you take care thanks so much thank you so so much for listening and i really do hope that you enjoyed this episode i'll pop terry's details in the show notes below so that you can get in contact with terry and give him a follow on instagram too please do continue to follow like and share the podcast all of your support is so so appreciated and really really means that we can continue to make these episodes and bring them to you as always Please do let us know your thoughts, tag, like and share on your social media and let us know any questions that you might have as well after listening to this episode. We always do love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Thanks again for listening and catch you on the next one.